power of visitation. Hear the Spirit call. Welcome to another podcast of Dr. Leslie Bakupon. Be blessed as you listen. Father, in the name of Jesus, we give you glory. Thank you for this gathering because it's unto no other name but unto the name of Jesus. Your word says, wherever two or three are gathered in your name, you are there in the abyss. Holy Spirit, we ask that you shall take absolute control. As I'm about to speak your word, may I not speak of my own accord. And may I speak as you grant me utterance. I fear you of the fact that I'm a blood-born citizen of the kingdom of God. I take authority in the realm of the spirit. And I declare a supernatural injunction on any activity of the enemy in this place. We declare that the hearts and the minds of the people of God are sanctified and made ready for them to have an encounter with their Father through the Word. Take glory, Father, take glory, Son, take glory, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' most excellent name have we prayed with thanksgiving. Amen. Amen. Somebody put your hands together for the Lord and add a shout of praise to Him. Oh, you are not shouting like people who are celebrating Christmas at all. Not shouting like people who are celebrating the birth of the King of Kings, the birth of the Lord of Lords, the birth of the author and the finisher of our faith. Hallelujah. We bless God for this morning. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, I want a certain kind of amen before I start preaching. Hallelujah. 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 We thank God for this morning. Amen. All right. How many of you are ready for the word? Great. Today's word is going to be brief, but I'm trusting God that it will minister to you. Amen. Christmas messages are some of the most difficult to preach. Because it's like same, same, same things. And <laughs> it's around the same story. Yesterday, I was, I, I'd opened my tablet, was trying to find something to preach. So I went to Luke chapter 1. Said that's where they, whether any new things will come out. And while I was reading it, Aiden came and he was trying to shift there. <laughs> I'm sure he was ministering to me that that's not where the word is supposed to come from. So today I'm taking my text from Galatians. Hallelujah. Yeah, I'm taking it from Galatians. Galatians chapter 4, verse 4. Galatians chapter 4, verse 4. I'm speaking to you on what I've entitled, In the Fullness of Time. In the Fullness of Time. In the Fullness of Time. Galatians chapter 4. And the Bible says, But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law. I'll take it again. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law. Hallelujah. Somebody say, in the fullness of time. Say it again, in the fullness of time. The crux of this message is that in the fullness of time, whatever it is that God has appointed to happen will happen. Oh, I thought more believers were in the house than that. 
I said, in the fullness of time, whatever God has appointed and ordained to happen will happen. Hallelujah. And you see, when you study the, the story of the birth of Jesus, you realize that a lot of things had to be brought together for that occasion to come to pass. And I'll show you some of them. You see, when we talk about um, something being in the fullness of time or um, something being at the right time, it means we are talking about the thing being at the appointed time. Hallelujah. Somebody say the appointed time. It means the thing is at the set time. Everybody say the set time. It means the thing is at the right time. Everybody say the right time. It means the thing is at the proper time. Somebody say the proper time. And it means the thing is at the ripe time. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. And today I prophesy to you that whatever is supposed to come to you, whatever is supposed to happen in your life, whatever milestones are supposed to take place in your life, in the fullness of time, it shall happen. Hallelujah. And nothing will stop it. You see, in the fullness of time, there are a number of things God moves. Somebody say he moves. He moves a number of things. And today I'll share just four of them with you. For what it is that is supposed to happen to happen. The first thing God will move is circumstances. Somebody say circumstances. God will move circumstances. He will manipulate circumstances. He will shift around circumstances so that what it is that he has said concerning your life or what it is that he has promised in your life will come to pass. Hallelujah. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ was prophesied by a number of prophets. I'm talking about people like Isaiah. I'm talking about people like Micah. Some of the psalmists also prophesied the birth of Jesus. Like so many things, a lot of different prophecies and all of them came to pass. And it was because God manipulated the circumstances. God moved the circumstances and ensured that every little detail of the prophecies about Jesus Christ came to pass. The timing, where he was born, you know, it's, it's not just a coincidence that at the time he was supposed to be born, Caesar Augustus decided that there should be a census and everybody must go to their hometown. It wasn't, it wasn't a mere circumstance. You see, today, someone, I want you to understand the things that go on behind the scenes that you don't see. The things that God does. That's why you need to be patient with God. Hallelujah. When you're expecting something and it hasn't happened, wait for God to finish cooking the meal for you. There are some meals you can cook in five minutes. Indomie, five minutes. Wait, wait. You are done. It is, it is ready to be eaten. If you are cooking rice, it will take a little longer, right? If you are cooking beans and you decide that you are going to take an Indomie mentality to cook and eat beans, you will choose some very hard things. Hallelujah. Yours, it may be beans. It's on the fire. It is now softening. It is, it's, the water is now entering the parenchyma of the, of the, of the beans. And so be patient. A lot of things are moved. We don't see, we don't perceive. Sometimes later God gives us hindsight. 
knowledge and realize that oh this was so and this was so. sometimes do he won't because he's sovereign and he can do whatever he chooses to do hallelujah he, he's not obliged to show you that this was why i did it i did it because i wanted to do it and that was what brought me pleasure it's as simple as that if you look at the timing of jesus's coming it was perfect and i'll show you why i say the timing was perfect somebody would think if you put world history into perspective jesus delayed a little in coming the main reason jesus christ came was what happened in the garden of eden in genesis true or false the earth from the time of the garden of eden until now is supposed to be about six thousand years the thing that happened at the beginning of the 6,000 years, it took another 4,000 years before the solution came. I mean, under normal circumstances, that looks like a waste of time. Souls are perishing. People need to be saved. Why won't God bring Jesus 100 years later? Just one century after. In the time of Nimrod, when wickedness came onto the earth and things were becoming some way, just bring Jesus Christ, let him come and die. Maybe it's Nimrod himself who will catch him and kill him. <laughs> and then we are saved. That's a finish. But God waited 4,000 years. 4,000. And after Jesus came, it's been only 2,000. That means the time without him is even more than the time with him. But you see, when you look at the number of human beings who have lived on earth from the time after Jesus came, even though it's shorter, it is way more. I read a statistic. They said this, they call it population something, some statistics, something, something. It is believed that 105 billion people have lived on this earth before. From the time of Adam till now, those who have died, 105 billion and interestingly even though jesus christ came four thousand years after the garden of eden only two percent of people lived before jesus came two percent that means 98 percent of humanity came after jesus christ had come what timing would be better than that hallelujah but if you look at it with natural eyes why should you wait for four thousand years God, why should you wait till I get into my 30s before I get married? Why should I go through one, two, three relationships when the first one <laughs> when the first one could have ended in marriage? Hallelujah. Somebody say the fullness of time. Say it again. The fullness of time. Only 2% of human beings didn't hear about Jesus Christ before they died. I mean, when I read that statistic, I was like, wow. In judgment, in any day, I thought it was going to be only 2%. And when you look at the timing, the era in which he came, everything was set for his assignment to succeed. Everything was set. Just like the world systems are now being set in place for the Antichrist. You see, anybody who will come, one figure who will make the kind of impact Jesus Christ came to make. It's not just about his house being in order or his town. But the whole world has to be in order and ready for what he's coming to do. The Antichrist, when he comes, what he's coming to do is a global thing. 
So internet has come. All those we talk about the one world system and the new world order and all the systems have been put in place. In the same way too, before Jesus Christ came 2,000 years ago, certain things had to be in place so that what he came to do in three years will impact for millennia afterwards. Hallelujah. And what were the circumstances around those times that ensured that the work Jesus Christ came to do was successful? Number one, around that time, there was what we call one world citizenship. One world citizenship. One world citizenship because the Roman Empire was more or less ruling the entire world. So almost everybody everywhere was a Roman. Paul, he was a Jew, but he was also a Roman citizen. That's a typical example. One world citizenship. Aside that they had a one world language system, almost everybody in the world around that time spoke Greek. It was preparing the grounds for the New Testament to be written in the Greek language. Hallelujah. The whole world, everybody spoke Greek. Even though the Romans were ruling the world, Latin wasn't the, the lingua franca. They chose Greek. So everybody was speaking Greek. Almost everybody understood Greek. All these things were preparing the grounds for Jesus' work so that his message would go faster and all of those things. The third thing is that there was global access. Around that time, historians will tell you that they started developing road networks and things that connected countries. Alright? Roads that connected one country to the other. So it's easier to travel from one country to the other. It was around that time that those things were established. And it was all so that the gospel could go far. When uh, Philip entered Samaria, he can do whatever he's supposed to do. Traveling had become easier in those days. Amen? More than any other era before that time, traveling was easier. That's point number three. Number four, there was global peace. Why won't there be peace when one person is ruling everybody? There will be peace. They call it the Roman peace. That is where the, the term Pax Romana came from. Pax means peace. Pax Romana. Roman peace. So there was peace. So the environment was right. But more importantly, it coincided with a time when even though there was a lot of peace, there was a lot of moral decadence. Look, if we think we are immoral now, those days, the kind of things they used to do in the name of idol worship. It's hard to see people having sex openly now. I mean, you will get criticism, blah, 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 blah. Those days, some of those things were normal. In the name of worshiping their idols, as they were doing, they were dancing, sleeping with each other openly, and those things, moral decadence. And the moral decadence was not only along the sexual lines, even when it came to wickedness. Those days, entertainment was bloody. Entertainment was bloody. The, what do you call them? They had the gladiators. They'll put two human beings there, fight till the death. They had the Colosseum, 64,000 capacity, and people are sitting down. People can't even get a, the ticket to buy. And what you are going to do is that you're going to see two human beings gorge out their eyes, stab each other, strangle each other until one breathes their last. And then you go home happy. 
can you imagine what kind of era that was? That was an era where for entertainment, lions would be released to human beings. Can you imagine yourself sitting down, watching lions to a human being and, and you'll be excited? Even if it's a video me, I can't watch. How can you watch it live? Hearing the screams of torment. People being beaten by lions and their arms being torn apart. You see somebody shaking and convulsing and a lion is eating their intestines. Alive. And that was entertainment in those days. Moral decay was at an all-time low. And so it was the right time for Jesus Christ to come. Hallelujah. But most importantly, it was at a time when there was great expectancy. There was this need for a void to be filled among human beings. They'll tell you a lot of religious sects rose up around those times. It's like there was this longing for something supernatural in human beings more than at any other time in human history. So that was an opportune time for Jesus Christ to come in and to fill that void. Hallelujah. When God is going to accomplish something in your life under any circumstances, he will move circumstances to cause that thing to happen. Amen. Yeah. A lot of people's marriages, when they tell you the story, you realize that it was a case of in the fullness of time. Oh yeah. In some cases, the lady will bluff, make herself unavailable. Out of coverage area. But then it gets to a time and, and something begins to minister to her. That open your eyes. Start looking. Start considering. Hallelujah. Sometimes a story of, oh, I was here and I was transferred to this place. And this was the first person I met. And we became friends. I know some people, two doctors, they were all transferred outside Accra. And they happened to be in the same church. And they were first timers on the same day. I think they were the only two. <laughs> oh, may God begin to work some circumstances. May, may God begin to move some things. May, may God begin to make some arrangements behind the scenes. And in fact, I know he's already making the arrangements. It's just that you've not been given the privilege of seeing it. Yeah. Sammy, I've told you our story before. Missions in the fullness of time. The fullness of time. When it's time, it's time. And nothing can stop it. Hallelujah. The circumstances must be right. In the Bible, Elizabeth was described as barren. Because she had been married, she wasn't having a child. She was going old. But you and I know that she was not barren. It was divine timing. The birth of John the Baptist had to be timed just before Jesus' birth. Six months before Jesus' birth. That guy's mouth was too loud. If he had come a year before Jesus, he would have annoyed somebody and his head would have been taken off earlier. Six months. So when you come, you introduce Jesus. You know, and you realize that Ancheu, when he finished, you know, he went. Imagine if he had come two years earlier. But people saw Elizabeth, they said, Somebody say, in the fullness of time. Sometimes the children whose birth is delayed, you know, there's something upon them. 
and the circumstances must be right. The, the economy must be right. The, 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 the wealth systems must be right. Most of the time, they are special children. They are special children. So me, I tell people, look, don't, 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 don't fret. Don't fret. Children, they are a gift from God. They are not the result of intimacy between a man and a woman. A gift from God. It's as simple as that. So sometimes what might seem like delay for you is divine timing. Some of the uh, anti-delay spirits we are binding is not anti-delay spirit. It is God's own timing that you are trying to bind. May God give you discernment for you to understand the situations in your life. The circumstances must be right. And God will move the circumstances. Hallelujah. So that's the first thing. He will move circumstances. Number two. He will move angels. Say angels. He will move angels. An angel needed to be moved from heaven to ensure that Jesus' birth or his conception took place. I've explained this one to you before. It was necessary for angel Gabriel to come to speak to Mary. You see, God doesn't force anything on anybody. Mary needed to be given the plan and for her to accept before the pregnancy could take place. So angel Gabriel came with a word. Somebody say a word. And that word was what? Isaiah 7.14. Let's look at Isaiah 7.14. What the Bible says. He simply came with a word which Mary had to accept for the word to become flesh. He said, therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and call his name Emmanuel. God gave angel Gabriel Isaiah chapter 7 verse 14. That go and deliver Isaiah 7 14 to this woman. If she accepts it, the word will become flesh and start growing inside her womb. Hallelujah. So he went in Luke chapter 1, met her gave her the salutation, told her that you are going to conceive and you will deliver. And she said, how can this be knowing that I know no man? And he made a statement. He said, with man it is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Today I prophesy to you that whatever you think is impossible in your life, whatever you think is impossible with God, whatever you think is impossible by your own timing and your own analysis, may the word of God, may the power of the word of God overrule your opinion and I speak to you and I prophesy and I minister to you that what is impossible with man is possible with God. It's possible. How can a virgin conceive? It was time for that thing to happen. And whatever God will move for that thing to happen will happen. So Angel Gabriel brought the word. And when he released it unto Mary, first there was resistance because she was asking questions. But when she was convinced, she opened her mouth and said, Be it unto me according to your word. And I've explained it to you that be it unto me is a paraphrasing of the word Amen. Because Amen means let it be. In other versions, they actually say, let it be unto me according to your word. All she needed to say was amen to the word that was delivered and she became pregnant. Hallelujah. That is why when a messenger of God stands in front of you under the unction 
and he delivers a word to you it is good to shout amen because when you connect with that word with an amen that word becomes flesh and today i prophesy into your life as a messenger of god that 2022 will be the best year you've ever had that in 2022 uncommon doors will open for you that in 2022 the spirit of excellence will rest upon you like never before that in 2022 the spirit of favor favor with man and favor with god will rest upon you like never before in the name of jesus i speak to your finances in the year 2022 that it will balloon that your, your finances will explode that you will have more and and you work in abundance more than you have ever worked in the name of jesus if you were constantly in the place of debt if you were constantly in the place of lack if you were constantly in the place of emptiness i prophesy that the year 2022 your bonds shall be full your pockets will be full your wallets will be full your bank accounts will be full you will be transported and translated from the place of being a borrower to the place of being a lender in the name of jesus christ of nazareth the son of the living god i speak and i prophesy to you that in the year 2022 your spiritual life will be consistent it will be more than it has ever been you will enjoy the place of prayer you'll enjoy the place of worship you'll enjoy fellowshipping with the brethren and that thing that god has promised you shall come to pass in the year 2022 in the name of jesus christ of nazareth the son of the living god i prophesy that men will do good to you that things that people will buy expensive because of the favor of god that will be upon your life they shall give it unto you cheap in the name of jesus christ of nazareth the son of the living god if you believe it shout amen She said, be it unto me according to your word. According to your word. And may every prophetic word I've declared upon your life right now be sealed in the blood. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Lord, let it be so for the one who believes it from the bottom of his heart and from the bottom of her heart in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the son of the living God. He'll move circumstances and he'll move angels. Angels that will arrange meetings with the right people. Angels that will protect you and prevent you from dying before your time. It took an angel to preserve Jesus. In fact, it took an angel for Mary not to have a broken heart. Can I explain that to you? Joseph was going to dump her. That woe, I have come to betroth you. I no touch you. You the break? No, 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 no. It took an angel to appear. Otherwise, Mary, Nakuma, Betty. Angels do things, though. It took an angel. Oh, you know what you're sitting here? Somebody is coming to break your heart. May an angel, <laughs> may an angel speak to him. May an angel speak to him. That's if he's the right person. If he's the wrong person, angel, not turn on the baby. She'll sit somewhere. <laughs> angel. It was an angel that came to warn Joseph 
Tell him, take your wife, take your son. Get out of this place. May God move angels to ensure that that thing, that purpose, that prophetic word, that promise that he has made to you will come to pass. Hallelujah. So he'll move circumstances. He'll move angels. What else will he move? He will move men. Somebody say men. He will move men. He will move human beings. Human beings that must do what they have to do. Human beings that must come to your aid. Human beings who must chip in what they have to chip in so that whatever it is that God has prophesied over your life will come to pass. Hallelujah. Yeah. He will move men. But I want to end with the men. So I'll push the fourth one to the third. Then we'll do the men last. And then we'll, we'll pray and close. The third thing that he'll remove will be obstacles. Say obstacles. Obstacles. The things that will prevent that word or that promise from coming to pass. He'll take them out of the way. Take them out of the way. Herod had to move out of the way. For Jesus to go back to his hometown. For him to grow in favor with man and with God and in the word. To prepare himself for the assignment that God had for him. Hallelujah. Were we told the number of years that they stayed in Egypt? We're not told. Were we told? We're not told. But Herod had to be cleared. That obstacle had to be cleared. It had to move. And today, any obstacle to the promise of God in your life coming to pass, may it be cleared out of the way in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. May it be removed from your path in the name of Jesus. Some of the obstacles, they are internally generated. And some of them are external. Some of them, we put them there ourselves. Our own doubts. Our own wrong mentalities. Our own fears. But today, in the name of Jesus, let every obstacle to God's promise in your life be taken out of the place in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the son of the living God. Look, Herod wasn't the only obstacle that was taken out. What I'm coming to say, some of you might find it controversial. But I'll say it. And when you think through it, you realize that what I'm saying might be true. Do you know John the Baptist could have been a possible obstacle? The state of John the Baptist as at the time his head was taken off, he didn't like Jesus much because he was offended and he was bitter. He was in prison and he expected Jesus Christ to come there, probably use his powers to break the chains of the word and set him free. So he started doubting. This guy, that me, I have stayed in the wilderness for you. I have chewed locusts. I didn't marry. I didn't have a beloved. I was eating wild honey. I didn't wear. <laughs> I didn't wear designer clothes. I was wearing camel skin, all because I was preparing the way for you. Now you have come, and I've heard that you can do things. 
you've been raising the dead. You have been healing the sick. You didn't even pass the prison to come and say hello to me. Let alone to say, let the doors be unlocked so that I can run away and go and continue saying things. The guy was offended. Offended to the point where, you know, you can be offended and keep it to yourself. But by the time you sent a message that go and ask him whether he is the one that was foretold or we should expect another it means he was angry and it will not be too far-fetched to think that if John the Baptist had escaped from that prison that would be the end of Jesus Christ oh the same ferocity with which he preached against sin it will not be too far-fetched. So, a young man, in order for him not to undo the good that he has done, God said, come home and come and rest. Sometimes when people die young, we don't understand. Sometimes when people, you can see, Charlie, the guys are the peak of his ministry, and God takes them away. We, we don't know what happens behind the scenes. Sometimes God does it so that you don't undo the good things that you there are great men of God who have passed in the past and people are like, ah, this man was only in his 60s. He was young. Why did he die? You don't know what was happening behind the scenes. Some of them were probably on their way to, to bringing great embarrassment to themselves and unto the kingdom. And God will decide that, look, for that to happen, I've used you too much. You have brought too much glory to me. You just come home and come and rest. That's why when we say God knows why? Sometimes he will give us the privilege of, of, of knowing the why, but sometimes he will not. Let's just trust God that everything he does, he knows how to do it. Look, John the Baptist's death must have been sad. Your mother has struggled. Uh, don't you see such cases in hospital? One child. One child. The only child. I don't know of Elizabeth having any other children. Maybe she did, but we didn't. Your only son. And John the Baptist must have died in his early 30s because he was just six months older than Jesus. Jesus started his ministry at 30. So he must have been between the ages of 30 and 33. He died just like that. But imagine if he had walked out of that prison. He would have used his own mouth to undo the things that he had done all because of bitterness and offense. Whatever obstacles must be taken away for you to fulfill your destiny. May the Lord make it happen in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Point number four. You move people. Say people. You move people. Anybody who has made anything out of their lives, they can point to people. People whose hearts God moved to come and be of assistance to them. And when I talk about God moving people to come to your aid, I'm not only talking about Christians. Can I confuse your theology more here? I'm not only talking about Christians. Sometimes there may be people who are not even godly. 
I don't believe God can move the heart of a Muslim to come and say, you cry, I feel like I should give you 10,000 CDs to start a business. You think it can happen? <laughs> he will use believers and he can also use unbelievers for the birth of Jesus Christ to come to pass. Both sets of people were necessary. People who believed in God and people who didn't believe in God. Who are those who believed in God? Anna the prophetess. Simeon. Two sharp intercessors. God had to position them strategically. That you people, I'm not calling you into glory until you have prayed the son of mine into safe arrival onto the earth. In Daniel's time, a simple message Angel Gabriel was supposed to go and give to Daniel regarding the history of Israel. Even that one, a principality tried to stop him. And this same Angel Gabriel bringing a message that would transform the history of the world to Mary. You think there weren't things happening in the realm of the spirit? Oh, we are not told by me. We are not ignorant of the devices of the enemy. We, don't, we are not ignorant of how he works. If he could try to stop Angel Gabriel from bringing a message to Daniel and compare the importance of the message that same angel was going to bring to Mary. Oh, he must have tried some things. But there were some sharp intercessors. Somebody say intercessors. People who had been strategically placed to pray and to ensure that the Son of God was delivered safely. In the same way, God can place some people who are praying for you and you don't even know. There are some people who God can stare. God will just stare their hearts that pray for this person. Sometimes somebody will see you even as a child, as a teenager, and a burden will come upon that person and they'll just be praying for you and praying for you and praying for you. In the same way, you too, you can, you can be there and you feel a certain burden. You see a certain child and a certain burden will come upon you. That Lord, Keep praying for this child. Keep praying and keep interceding for this, this, this child. Sometimes you may see a man of God and God will just place a burden upon you that intercede for this man and ensure that that which God has said concerning his life and his ministry will come to pass. So he can use believers. I want to tell you that there's somebody praying for you but you don't know. There's somebody interceding for you but you don't know. That last temptation that you were able to overcome even though you've not been praying is somebody's prayers. Hallelujah. Say amen. To somebody's prayers. Somebody's intercession. So he will use believers. Somebody will come. I slept and I dreamt that I should give you 50,000 Ghana cities to go and purchase a shop and start selling provisions. Start selling rice. Wholesale. Start selling uh, corn beef wholesale and prophesying some business into somebody's life. If you wanted to receive it in the name of Jesus. You can go and you are talking to your bank and all. Don't you have a business idea? We can give you the money. We can give you the money. This one, no application. Ting, 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 ting. We'll give you the money. As the business flourishes, you pay back. Oh, no collateral. Don't worry. You don't want a collateral. God can move men. He'll move people. 
Sometimes God bringing people to help you is just an idea one person will give you in a conversation. Tell you, do this. And that is it. God just moves the heart of the person to have this conversation with this person. Tell this person about that. And that is it for you. And he can use unbelievers too. Because the wise men were not believers. They were actually occultists. They were practicing astrology. Dark arts. They were not calling on Jehovah. They were reading stars. Those things are occultic, pure and simple. Those men were occultists. Don't see them with three kings and nice white beard and they are walking around and blah, 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 blah. They're true. They, they belong to what we call the Magi. When I read about the Magi, they were childish, they were magicians, they were dealing in dark arts, they were dabbling in the occult. They were dabbling in the occult. And look at the, the, the role. You see, what these people did for Jesus, eh? you need to read the Bible well to understand it fully. And today I'll show you some of them. You see, when we imagine the three or the wise men, they never said three wise men. They had three gifts. They never said three wise men. They could have been 20. They could have been 100. Hallelujah. For the purpose of the gifts, we assume they were three. The pictures they show us of the wise men presenting their gifts to a baby Jesus is wrong. I'll show you from the scriptures. The time they came to see Jesus, it wasn't when he was born fresh. It wasn't when he was. Jesus must have been about two years old. Let's read Matthew chapter 2 verse 16. Let's read Matthew chapter 2 verse 16. Jesus must have been about two years old. Matthew 2 16. Alright. He said, then Herod, when he saw that he was mocked of the wise men, so they went to see Herod, alright, was exceeding wrath and sent forth and slew all the children that were in Bethlehem and in the course thereof from two years old and under. He didn't choose the two years at random. And the next sentence tells us that. According to the time which he had diligently inquired of the wise men. So he asked them, when did you see that star? They saw, they saw it in the east. And it was after about two years. He decided the two years because from what they told him about when they saw the star, he calculated that that child must be two years or below. It couldn't have been more than two years old. Are you getting the point I'm making? They saw the star when Jesus was born. And I don't know whether the journey took them two years or they decided to wait and contribute money until they have enough to buy gold and frankincense and may. But it was after at least two years that they came. I don't know if you are getting the logic I'm telling you. He didn't just choose the two years. It was because of what they had told him. They told him they saw the star two years before. That means it took about two years for them to come. So it wasn't a baby they came to see. And even in some of the translations, they, when they talk about when they went to Jesus, they said the child Jesus. They didn't say the infant. Jesus. Hallelujah. Jesus was a child at that time. Why was that significant? You see, Herod got angry. And he wanted to kill Jesus. Jesus' parents were poor. If anybody tells you anything else, it is pure conjecture. Jesus' parents were poor. 
somebody was trying to make a case that the fact that he was born in a manger is not the evidence that Jesus' parents were poor. I agree with that. The fact that he was born in a manger. They went to the hotel. They went to the inn. But it was full. It doesn't mean they didn't have money to pay for it. Are you getting me? They had the money to pay. So the manger was like, let's find a place and just download the thing quickly. So the fact that he was born in a manger is not the evidence that he was poor. But there's evidence somewhere that he was poor. And I'll show you today. Let's look at Luke chapter 2. Verses 22 to 24. Give me NLT. You see, in Jewish tradition, when a child is born, there is the dedication in the temple and then another ceremony, which is the purification of the mother after the child had been born. And the purification, there were certain requirements, certain things they had to bring. All right. Now, look at this. They said, and when the days of her purification offering as required by the law of Moses after the birth of a child. So his, okay, you let's pause here. Let's go to Leviticus 12. Let's read from 1 to 8 so that we'll know the requirements and we'll see whether or not they were able to meet the requirement. Alright? Leviticus chapter 12. Let's start from reading from verse 1. He said, the Lord said to Moses, give the following instructions to the people of Israel. Next. If a woman becomes pregnant and gives birth to a son, she will be ceremonially unclean for seven days, just as she is unclean during her menstrual period. Verse 13. On the eighth day, the boy's foreskin must be circumcised. Verse 4. After waiting 33 days, she will be purified from the bleeding of childbirth. During this time of purification, she must not touch anything that is set apart as holy, and she must not enter the sanctuary until her time of purification is over. Verse 5. If a woman gives birth to her daughter, for the son is eight days. If it's a daughter, she will be ceremonially unclean for two weeks. I don't know why. Just as she is unclean during her menstrual period. After waiting 66 days, she will be purified from the bleeding of childbirth. Verse 6. When the time of purification is completed for either son or daughter, the woman must bring, look at the, the requirements, a one-year-old lamb. So what are the requirements? First one, one-year-old lamb for a burnt offering and a young pigeon or turtle dove. So the second one, you are given an option to bring a pigeon or a turtle dove. But a lamb, one, pigeon or turtle dove for a purification offering. She must bring her offerings to the priest at the entrance of the tabernacle. Verse 7. The priest will then present them to the Lord to purify her. Then she will be ceremonially clean again after bleeding her childbirth. These are the instructions for a woman after the birth of a son or a daughter. And the verse 8 is where I'm interested in. Take note, the requirements are a lamb, one-year-old lamb, a turtle dove, or a pigeon. If a woman cannot afford to bring a lamb, she must bring what? Two turtle doves or two young pigeons. So a requirement had been made for those who don't have money. Hallelujah. Are you getting where I'm getting to now? Let's go back to Luke chapter 2 verse 22 and see what Mary and Joseph went and presented. And you tell me which category they fall into, whether they are in the lamb category. Luke chapter 2 verse 22 said, Then it was time for her purification offering as required by the law of Moses after the birth of a child. So his parents took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. Verse 23. 
The law of the Lord says, if a woman's first child is a boy, he must be dedicated to the Lord. Verse 24. So they offered the sacrifice required in the law of the Lord, either a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. So they went for the second option, the one that was reserved for poor people. The one that was reserved for those who cannot afford. If they were rich and they had money, they would have added what to it? A lamb to it. So for me, this scripture is evidence that at the birth of Jesus, his parents were poor. Hallelujah. Now I'm building a point. This is a situation where your parents are poor. They don't have much money. Like how some of you, maybe you don't come from a prominent family. You look at your bank account, you don't see what the future holds. And there was a problem because Herod wanted to kill Jesus Christ. And an angel comes and he tells you, take your child, travel abroad. Go and live there until this tyrant dies. There are a lot of you, if this instruction comes, you say, and then we will all die. The money to buy one ticket is a problem. How much more buy a ticket? Buy for your wife. Buy for the baby. But you see, by the time this thing was coming, as I said, Jesus was about two years old. And before this one came, God had moved the hearts of these unbelievers. They went and visited Jesus. They didn't go empty-handed. They went with mare. They went with frank incense. And more importantly, gold. I prophesy to somebody that whatever you need for that purpose of yours to be fulfilled, may God begin to move the hearts of men. May God begin to move the hearts of men from the north, the south, the east, and the west. May they come with what you need to survive. May they come with what you need to, to, to see that which God has promised over your life to come to pass in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I prophesy unto your life that in the year 2022, you shall meet your destiny connectors. You shall meet your destiny helpers. You shall come into contact with the people God has destined to push you to where you are supposed to be in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the son of the living God. You may look inside your bank account, you may look at your background and it looks like it is impossible. But the psalmist said, I lift my eyes unto the hills and from whence cometh my help? My help cometh from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He said, when my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. I prophesy that God will lead you to something. God will bring you into contact with something. God will cause you to clash with something. God will cause you to collide with something. If you believe that it's your person, shout amen. Destiny helpers. There is no way Joseph could have afforded that trip. There's no way Mary could have afforded that trip. But God moved upon the hearts of unbelievers. Unbelievers. Somebody asked me, how were you able to get land in Latebiokoshi? I told him on one dawn, the Lord spoke to me. He said, when you close from where, drive through Latebiokoshi, I'll show you land. I drove and I just saw a signboard. I've been passing that place every day. I've never seen it. 
it showed the place I went and the phone number was on the signboard and I said let me call it I called it he said I'm ready come and let's talk mentioned his price I went there with Pastor Alpha and Pastor Dela to go and see him some way somehow the man saw us and this is not a Christian he's a Muslim people had offered him like one and a half times what we were offering but he said something I, I, I feel like I must give it to you so take it at that price oh I pray that that same favor will follow somebody in the name of Jesus that God will move the hearts of men God will move the hearts of women God will shift the hearts of people the Bible says the heart of the king is in the hands of the Lord and he moves it as the water causes he diverses as it has to be anybody for whom you need a favor may the spirit of God begin to touch the heart of the person may the spirit of God begin to touch the mind of the person may the spirit of God begin to move upon the life of that person and let that person come to your aid in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth God will move the hearts of men God will move the hearts of people if there's anybody who is sitting on a letter that must be signed to open a certain door for you today I prophesy as a servant of God I prophesy as a servant of God that the spirit of God is moving the heart of that person he is looking for his pen he is looking for that thing that he needs to sign that letter to open that door for you let the favor of God follow you in that matter in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth sometimes people are there they have what it takes to help you but somewhere somehow they are just delaying today may the Holy Ghost rain coats of fire upon their chair upon their bed as they sleep may they not be comfortable until they have done that which they are supposed to do in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. If it is a transfer, if it is a posting, if it is a promotion, let that favor locate you right now. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the Son of the living God. I want you to lift up your voice wherever you are. I feel like that grace has been released upon us right now. Just lift up your voice and pray and connect to it now. Connect to it now. Lift up your voice. Lift up your voice. Divine favor. Ah, may the Spirit of God move upon the hearts of people on your behalf in the name of Jesus. Maybe it is a visa that needs to be stamped for you to go somewhere. Receive that favor right now. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Gentiles will come and bless you. Gentiles will come and bless you. Ah, 
that grace is available in this place. That anointing is available in this place. Here by the the anointing and the grace for doors to open, for uncommon doors to open. That person that must call you, that person that must take up the phone and give you that call that will change your life. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, receive that grace now. Receive that grace now. The support you need for that idea, for that brilliant idea. Ah, receive it. Receive it. Receive it. The sponsorship. Let somebody who can afford what you cannot afford come your way in the name of Jesus. I hear in the spirit the grace for cancellation of debts. The grace for cancellation of debts. Oh, somebody get ready. Somebody's about to write off your debt. Somebody's about to cancel your debt. God is about to move somebody to pay that debt for you. For you to have the opportunity at a fresh start. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the Son of the Living God, and Tesele, and Seleba, Yakate, Ilettelebabe, Yanneleba Pazitai, and Nolamo Satakaria, and Lobatobo Shada. The name of the Lord is a mighty fortress. The righteous run into it and they are saved. Let's 
Surrender the dream. Surrender the vision. Surrender those plans into his hands now. In the name of Jesus, let him take care of you. Let him take care of it. Let's take an answer. What is impossible by your calculation? What is impossible with man is possible with God. La deba deba boba sote atene masaya lema kanda la baba shada da 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 variata re 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 bosata kata he who watches over Israel he never slumbers or sleeps the Lord will take care of you the Lord will help you ah I hear the Lord say I will offer help. Unto he who cries out for help, I will offer my hand unto he who stretches out his hand in surrender, acknowledging your weakness, acknowledging your insufficiency. May the Lord hold your hand. I will offer help. I will offer help. I will look after you. I will watch over you. My word concerning your life. I will watch it and perform it. What about No boy, What time I can say no? Yes, we are more. We are more. We are more. 